Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Thursday, November the 2nd, 2023, at 3.05 p.m. Central Time. Now, today's Focus is hope already and not yet. Hope already and not yet. Yet. I really want you to hear that. Now, that probably gives you a little clue that I'm about to do something that I sometimes criticize when I do sermon reviews, that sometimes you can tell. And one of the reasons I can detect this so good in sermon reviews is because it happens to anyone who preaches or teaches. Sometimes you have too many ideas in your mind and you bring them to the pulpit, you bring them to the microphone, and then you try to kind of throw it all together when you probably would have done a much better job by just taking one thing and focusing on the one thing. However, even though I know that, here I am because we're going to talk about hope already and not yet. Already and not yet. So how does this all fit together? Can I make this fit together? Am I am I doing something that I probably shouldn't do? Should I just, hey, we're going to focus on hope, and then the next time we'll focus on this concept of already and not yet? Or do these two truly link together in a way that will make sense? Well, you're going to have to stick around to find out if I can make it make sense, or you may have the opportunity at the end to go, yeah, you are trash and you should have just focused on hope or you should have just focused on this idea of already and not yet, but you should not have tried to brought the two, you know, to bring the two together. But here I am. We're going to do this. So are you ready? Let's begin by opening up our Bibles to Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. That is where we're going to go. That's where we're going to start. Romans chapter five. I'm trying to refresh a screen on my iPad. Okay, yeah, I, I still, I, I, I'm concerned that certain things are not working correctly, but you know what? We're going to continue broadcasting. We're not going to worry about it. If something doesn't work, then that's, that's okay. Romans chapter five, that is where we are. Let's get our focus where it should be on today's focus, hope already and not yet. Let's see if we can make this work. Romans chapter five, let's start at the beginning. Well, you know what? I'm going to start. I'm going to go all the way back to verse one. I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to. Are you ready? Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There's the, there's the word hope. And the hope of the glory of God, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulations worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. That's the second time the word hope has been used. And then verse 5, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So hope is mentioned a number of times in this passage. I'm going to focus on the hope mentioned in verse 5, and hope maketh not ashamed. And hope maketh not ashamed, as it reads in the King James. If you look in a, a other English translations, you may have it, you may find something like this. I'm going to reach down and grab another Bible. 
Romans chapter 5, verse 5, this hope will not disappoint. This hope will not disappoint. A hope that will not disappoint seems to give an idea that this is a hope that is far more certain than maybe sometimes the way we use the term. I sure hope this happens or this happens. Sometimes that seems to imply some level of uncertainty, right? But this seems to imply some idea of certainty. This hope will not disappoint. Or as the King James, let me pick it up again. And hope maketh not ashamed. So there's a hope that will not disappoint. If you look up the Greek word there that is translated hope, you will find that it's this Greek word. If you look it up, you'll find that it's this Greek word. Are you ready? Here we go. Strong's G 1680, El Peace. El Peace. El Peace. It is used 54 times, uh, at least in the King James. The Greek word is, tra- and uh, it's translated hope 53 times and faith one time. So 50, it's used 54 times in the King James and 53 times it's translated hope one time faith. So now we're connecting hope with faith. Okay, I get this idea, but this seems to be a hope that is not going to disappoint. I hope that's not going to make you ashamed. This is going to be a hope that that you can count on. So, so there's that, the hope concept. Uh, the outline of biblical, oh, well, let me read Strong's definition. All right, this, this uh, Greek word has the idea to anticipate, usually with pleasure. So here's the idea of you're anticipating. It is hoping for something that's not yet. It's hoping for something that's future, but there's a certainty to it. So you're, you're kind of anticipating it with great pleasure because it's a certainty. You know what you're, in a sense, hoping for is a certainty. So there is pleasure in it. It goes on uh, to say an expectation abstractly or concretely. So this is an expectation. But it can be a concrete, listen, Strong's definition goes on to say, of or confidence, faith and hope. Once again, it connects it to faith. Here is a hope that will, you will not be ashamed. You will not be disappointed. You will not be let, let down. You will, you, you can, you can confidently hold on to it. Now, the outline of biblical usage for, again, the Greek word is, Strong's G 1680, El Peace, El Peace. El Peace, the outline of biblical usage is an expectation of evil or fear. So now it can be used in a way that would be negative, right? But this is not how it's used here in Romans 5, right? But it's an expectation of good, of hope. In the Christian sense, are you ready for this? Joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. On hope, in hope, having hope, the author of hope, or he who is the foundation, the thing hoped for. Now, please note that again. A joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. You're in the present But you're hoping for something that's not yet. But you have a joy and you have a confidence in it. That that's a a a 
very important hope. And I, and I, and again, we've already seen that it's connected to faith, right? We've already seen that it's connected to faith. So I'm going to go over, we already know which passage I'm going to go to. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So now we connect faith and hope. Hope is this assurance. So in a sense, faith is, hey, I believe in this. I grab onto this, right? I grab, I don't, I don't see it. I don't have the evidence. It's the, as again, as it reads in Hebrews 11, as it reads in Hebrews 11, let me go back to it. Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, See, the hope is, it's a joyful expectation. It's a confidence, but it's connected with the faith because the faith in a sense grabs onto, well, what you cannot see. It's, 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 it grabs onto what there may not be any evidence of, but you grab onto it. So the faith and hope are very much linked together. Faith in a sense reaches out and grabs on to what there may not be any evidence, may not be able to see it, doesn't make any sense. Faith grabs onto it. And then hope is just a, a joyful expectation and confidence in it. But it's still not yet. It's still not yet. It's something that, that you're still looking forward to. Something you're hoping for. Something you're, you're reaching out for. Now, I, I, again, I told you that hope already and not yet. That, that's kind of the two concepts. Now, I want you to, I want you to hear the words of something. I, I told you I was having some technological difficulty. I was getting really nervous because right when I started trying to articulate all of that and work through that, I'm over here looking to my left and all of a sudden my Kindle just says, we're restart. It's restarting. We're running an update. And I'm sitting there going, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope it hurt. It gets done because what do I do if this thing doesn't update? Because what I need to read from is on my Kindle. So I'm sitting there trying to talk to you about hope, a joyful, confident expectation while I'm looking down on the table at something that I have no confidence. No, I had no faith. I had no hope. I thought it, this is all going to crash and burn and I'm going to have to end this live broadcast in a humiliating way and say, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I've messed up and the end. And then nobody would ever know exactly what happened. But yes, so there, there was an example. That's not the kind of hope we're talking about. I, there I, I, I kept saying, oh, hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. But there was no confidence in it. There was no joy in it. There was anxiety. There was worry. There was doubt. There was like, what do I do? What will be plan B? I was, I was already trying to consider, can, can I do it from memory? What can I do? There was no confidence. Now, this is the kind of hope where it is a joyful and confident expectation. Now, specifically, the outline of biblical uses puts it for eternal salvation. So here you are in the present, and you're having a confident, joyful expectation of something that still isn't present. It's not yet. And faith comes along and faith grabs onto it. Faith grabs onto it and says, see, by faith, you have the, in a sense, it, faith, 
grabs onto what you cannot see, what you, there is no evidence for. So that faith and hope are very much linked together. And now you have a joyful expectation. Now, here's where I think things get interesting. And I'm going to put forth a hypothesis here, okay? I'm going to argue that the majority of Christianity inadvertently, maybe not even consciously, maybe accidentally, but we've created a theology that says stop hoping for that which which isn't here. Stop by faith hoping for what isn't present. And we try to tell everyone that what isn't yet here is already. We have changed a, we've changed our theology as, as, as with, I think with an American Christian, I think maybe, I don't, I can't speak for around the world, but in modern day evangelicalism, we've come along and we've tried to say what isn't yet, what's not yet, we've said it's already. See, I think there was a time that Christianity says, okay, that's not yet. We have a hope for that. We're hoping for that. We're hoping for that. We're hoping for that. We have a joyful confidence that that is going to happen. But I think, I think modern day Christianity kept kind of went to you going, why are you looking up for what's not yet? It's already here. Go grab it. Stop looking for what's, stop having this hope for what's not yet present. And you, and even though you have a confidence, even though you have a joy, even though you have a, 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 you believe and you have faith that it's going to happen somewhere along the line, we're like, stop, 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 stop looking that way. It's already here. Get it right now. And I believe that has done a great damage and disservice to many Christians, because I think in many Christians, instead of holding on to this joyful confidence of what is not yet, I think many Christians have been running around saying it's already here and I already possess it and I already have it. And they have to then either live in a delusion and a lie and they have to pretend or sooner or later they realize Wait, this isn't here. They get discouraged. They get disgruntled. They deconstruct. They de-church because they're like, it didn't work. Well, no, 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 no. It's not that it didn't work. It's that someone told you what is not yet is already here and you were lied to. You should have been given hope, a eternal a, a, a joyful confidence of that which is a part of eternal salvation, but it's not yet present. So as a Christian, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do today. Grab a piece of paper. On one side, just write down on the top, just write down the word already, already. And then on the other side of the paper at the top, put not yet. And I want you to think about Christianity and think about spirituality and salvation and so many things and put, what do you already possess and what do you not yet possess? And too many times the preaching seems to take what's in the not yet column and try to put, tries to put it in the already column. And I think that is a major theological issue that we are dealing with. Now, the article I have in front of me is entitled Already and Not Yet. Now, I don't agree with everything in it, but it sets up the premise perfectly. And I think this goes with hope. All right, so here we go. When it comes to faith in Jesus, 
We live in an unusual in-between of the already and the not yet. Many of God's promises have already been fulfilled in a real sense, but we do not yet experience their fulfillment completely. So in one sense, God has made a promise. In one sense, it's already been fulfilled, but in another way, it hasn't yet been fulfilled. So sometimes something can have an already and a not yet at the same time. Now, this would lead to a, then a discussion about positional and practical. Like you can, God's already promised this. And in one way it is true, but in another way, it's not yet. So when you say something is already, you have to articulate exactly how it is already. How is it already present? And if you say not yet, what do you mean by not yet? But you need to be able to identify the things that are already and the things are not yet. Or I think you'll, if you're, if you even care at all about truth and reality, you'll, you'll, you'll go mad. But some Christians are able to live in some kind of weird delusion that they have something that they don't have. Or they think they have it in a way in which they don't have. So let me read this again. When it comes to faith in Jesus, we live in an unusual in-between of the already and the not yet. Many of God's promises have already been fulfilled in a very real sense, but we do not yet experience the fulfillment completely. As Paul wrote, we see indistinctly as in a mirror, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, seemingly to imply that at the present time, we don't see clearly. Things are still not completely clear. Or as John put it, we are God's children now and we shall be, and we shall be as, uh, and what? I'm going to read this again. We are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. We do know that when it is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. See, we are God's children, children's now, we're God's children now, but what we shall be has not yet been revealed. See, there is a, there's an already and a not yet. Already I'm a child of God, but what I shall be, it's not been revealed yet. We do know that when it is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John 3, 2. See, there's, I am God's ch- child. I, we are God's children. But what we will be is not yet. But we will be like him. But that's future. That's what I can have hope in. Right? There's my hope. There is my certainty. By faith, I know that what I, what I am now is not what I will be. There will be a transformation, but sometimes people want to move that transformation to the present and then claim that what you are right now practically is a new creature. The old is gone and all is new. That's just not true. And if you try to convince yourself of that, you are a fool, you're delusional, and you're lying to yourself. See, there, there's an already not yet. Now, see, I think there's an already not yet. Already, I am a new creature in Christ positionally, but not yet practically, not yet in a real sense. It says, I think we're pretty good at understanding the not yet part. The kingdom of God is not yet, not yet fully victorious in a world marked by war, division, and suffering. We're not yet as holy as the Lord desires. We don't yet experience complete unity, love, and forgiveness in our families. I know I'm not yet where God wants me to be. 
We, we should be able to clearly identify what is not yet. We should be able to, we should be able to identify that. We should, but Christians are unwilling to admit that. I got an email um, not too long ago where they accused me of preaching basically a powerless Christianity, kind of an impotent Christianity, because according to them, by the Spirit of God, we now can love God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. We can love our neighbor ourselves. I guess we can be holy as God is holy right now. See, he wants to say it's not it's not not yet. It's already, and we can do it right now. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. In Christ, in my position, I love God with all my heart, my body, and soul, because Christ's love to the Father is imputed to my account. But it's not yet, because I don't do that anywhere close to practically. But see, they want to move it from the not yet column to the already column. We can already do it. In fact, it's inevitable. We will do it. We will love God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. We will love it. So guess what? You have to convince yourself that what isn't yet is already. And I, I think that requires a, a, a ton of delusion, self-deceit, and clean and cleaning up the outside of the tomb to make it look good. But inside, you're hiding it and you're keeping, you're keeping the reality on the down low so nobody knows. Now, you may not, you don't have to come out and tell everyone every little thing that you're struggling with on the inside, but I think we can be very honest and say, hey, guess what, guys? Maybe outward, outwardly, I got, I got everything looking good, but just know, just know, okay? Just between me and God, that very much a not yet in here, very much a not yet, but I have confidence. See, the confidence I have, the hope I have will not disappoint because I have hope in an eternal salvation because it is based off the finished work of Jesus Christ. We have the not yet part of what we don't have. You should be able to easily acknowledge what is not yet. But at the same time, you should be able to go through the scriptures and figure out what we have now. What is the already part and what is the not yet part? You need to be able to identify the already and the not yet. Can you do that? Too many times when you sit in church, I take, I, I'm telling you, pastors are taking passages that I think are not yet and making them already. Or they're taking passages that are already and not yet, but they're making the already practical. When the already is positional. I believe this is a big problem. Now, this article goes on to try to explain all the things that we have now, what we have now. All right. And they try to offer a lot of things here and we could go through all of them. But the bottom line is you should be able to do that on your own. I mean, we see a little bit of it right here in Romans 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I've been justified. That's, that's the already part. I have been completely justified by faith because of an imputed righteousness. Therefore, I'm at peace with God. Positionally, I'm at peace with God. There's no problem. Now, we could argue, is there a practical part of a complete peace with God? That's not yet. There's an already and a not yet element to that. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. I have access to the grace because I'm in Christ. 
And then guess what he goes on? And uh, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience experience, and experience hope. That seems to be, I should at least know that God is at work. I may not understand it, but God is doing something. God is at work. I, I, can, I can go on. I have redemption. I have forgiveness of sins. You can just go on. What is, what is the already part and what is the not yet part? I have been sanctified because I was set apart in election. I'm being sanctified now to some level. Whatever sanctification is happening, however we understand being set apart, however we understand that, but we get 100% no, we are not completely sanctified. That is something that's not yet. I want you to just really work through this today, the already and then, but there's a hope. See, and, and please note, the hope, I think, is in the salvation. It is in what has been finished by Christ. That's where my hope lies. Not in what I will be, what I can be, and what I should do. It's in what Christ did. So now let me read this entire section. Let me read this entire section. Let's go, uh, let's read, I'm just going to read from 1 to 11, all right? Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, but whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, we already have the Holy Ghost, right? That's the already part, okay? For where, uh, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's already Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commanded his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. In a sense, we are justified now. We are declared perfectly righteous. That is already, but there's a not yet part because I will be ultimately completely saved from the wrath through him. I will avoid that wrath through him and I will be glorified and I will be in his presence. For it, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled by God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we should be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. You need to be able to figure out as a Christian, what is the already part and what is the not yet part? And when some things seem to have an already application, is it already practically or is it already positionally? And the not yet part, how will that play out? But I think too many churches are too focused on taking what is not yet and making it already and making it already in the most practical way possible, trying to basically tell people that right now, you basically don't have a sinful nature. You basically can be holy as God is holy. You can love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And you can do everything basically because you now have the power. You can do it. You practically right now are a new creature. The old is gone. Everything is new, which would mean the old nature is completely eradicated. And they preach it and teach it that way. Now, sometimes they will they will kind of throw in a little, see the fine print. I mean, I mean, you're not going to be perfect. I mean, you're still going to sin. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What you just told me that is already you just clearly indicated is not yet. 
So maybe you should preach that as being already positionally, but not anywhere close to true practically. It's still not yet practically. The hope will not disappoint because the hope is that whatever is already positionally will be made completely perfect, practically forever in the future. It's not yet. See, already in Christ, I'm holy, perfect, obedient, without sin. Practically, I'm a sinner. I still sin. I still struggle. I, I Failure, 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 failure. But I know not yet the time is coming that I will be like him and I will have a new body. The old nature will be gone. I'll be glorified and I will no longer be bound by sin in any way, shape, or form. See, well, a lot of times we'll say, you've been set free from sin. Positionally, clearly not practically, already I've been set free from sin in Christ. In Christ, I'm dead. But practically, I'm alive. Not, But not yet am I truly set free from sin. Not yet am I truly dead to sin. And this seems to be a very confusing thing in the mind of many Christians. Because it takes a little minute, it takes more than, uh, it takes more than a little bit, it takes, uh, or just a little bit of time, it takes a lot of time to really meditate on this, really think this through, because it can be a little confounding and confusing. Really, what you have to do is you got to figure out the positional practical realities in the already and the not yet situation. You need to be able to know what's positional and what's practical, what's already and what's not yet. And when you try to figure that out, you're going to be accused of preaching a powerless, impotent Christianity. You're going to be accused of being an antinomian. You're going to be accused of all kinds of things. But the problem is, those people claiming that you're all of those things, if we truly had a video, if we truly could see their life, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if we could see their life at 2 in the morning, 1 in the morning, at 11 o'clock at night, if we could see what's really going on inside of them, I think we would all look at them and go, whoa, 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 you talk a big game, but I'm seeing somebody who clearly isn't yet what they claim to be already. Already, I know what I am positionally. Already, I do, I do want to understand the promises God has given me right now. But I know what is not yet. Not yet. Guess what? I know not right, right now. N- not yet. Not at this moment. Has my sinful nature been eradicated? Not yet right now. Can I keep God's law perfectly? Not yet right now. Can I be sinless? Now, already I'm some of those things positionally, but not yet practically. All right, there's more I want to say here, but just remember, this is a hope that doesn't disappoint. It's a hope that doesn't ashamed, that we won't be left being embarrassed or ashamed by, because it's a hope that's certain, because it's a hope based on what Christ did. And there's an already part and there's a not yet part. So today, I want you to work on just try to find five things that are already and five things that are not yet. Some of those will be five already positionally and five not yet practically. Whatever, just find five that will go into each column. 
Five already's and five not yet. Now, once you figure those out and you share them with other Christians, they'll be like, what are you talking about? That is already right now. If you put down, a, uh, I'm a new creature in Christ, old has passed away, all things have become new, and you put down already with a P, already with a P next to it, like in parentheses, already P, with a, uh, because it was standing for positional. And then on the other one, um, or you just put already positional, because both both of these start with a P, so that really wouldn't help you. Already positional, and then not yet practically, Christians would lose their minds on you. They're like, absolutely, practically right now, I'm a new creature, the old is gone, everything is new. You're like, oh, you can stop sinning? Well, no, I'm going to still sin. Well, why? Well, I mean, I still have a sinful nature. I thought you said you're a new creature, old things are passed away, all things have become new. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you're taking it. What am I doing? And just remember, we're supposed to have a hope that we're not, that will not disappoint. Because our hope with faith grabs onto what we cannot see, grabs onto what we do not understand. It, it, it grabs on. That faith goes beyond the material. It grabs onto that which we cannot see. It grabs onto the spiritual reality that has not been made yet pra- made visible in the practical. And really, that's kind of the, the world we live in. By faith, I know positionally I am perfect, holy, and righteous. Practically, I don't see that yet. It is by faith that I have to believe that. And by faith, I have that hope and a, a, a joyful confidence that because of what I am by faith, what I am already by faith positionally will one day be true in the most real practical way, but it's still not yet. All right. I'll stop there. You can email me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. There's still much there to, to try to put together and flesh out. I'm still working on it. Love to get your thoughts. Remember, today's focus is not supposed to be an exhaustive study. It's supposed to be going here. I'm going to put it on your plate. Now, you help me work on this together, and let's see what we can come up with. So I'd love to get your thoughts. So please email me, newsif at yahoo.com. And there is your today's focus for this Thursday, November the 2nd, 2023. Hope already and not yet.